So what is transhumanism? What's the deal with all of that? How does that tie into artificial intelligence, virtual reality? Are these things that we should be concerned about? And are these things that point to us being in the end times? How about Elon Musk? What's his deal? Can we as Christians trust him just because he tends to be more conservative leaning? We talk about all this and so much more in my interview with my friend, Kevin Tom. You may know him as KingCat2.0 on Instagram, and hopefully you've already checked out our first episode together where we debunked Darwinism, evolutionism, progressivism, and cessationism that is already available on the channel or to listen to on Apple and Spotify. Kevin is so smart. He is so well-versed in all of these conspiratorial topics, and he does so through a biblical framework that is not only logical, but it is consistent. So you definitely may want to listen to this episode once or twice or send it to a friend that's interested in these kinds of subjects because it might actually get them interested in the gospel as well. We may or may not even mention CERN. <laughs> Enjoy. Welcome back to our part two episode with Kevin. Uh, if you haven't already, definitely go check out the first episode where he shares his testimony and we kind of talk all about the myth of racism in Christianity and how the secularist foundation of Darwinism is actually racist, which is what everything in the world is basically founded on. And we really talk about the supernatural of the Lord and how that's moving in the world right now. Um, that's available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. If you haven't already, go check that one out first. Here, we're going to get into kind of like a conspiratorial topic, but it's not really a conspiracy because <laughs> no, nothing is. Um, so, Kevin, when we were praying before we got on to the video, you said that this was the transhumanism is the final agenda of the enemy. So that, that kind of jumped out at me. Um, I guess let's get right into it. Tell us that don't know already what transhumanism is. Well, when you really look at the at the word transhumanism, um, if you look at the, the prefix and the suffix of the word, right? And ism, when you look at the different types of isms that we have had in not just our framework in politics or just in humanity in general, when you look at communism, you look at socialism, you look at humanism, and you look at atheism, all isms mm. were basically ideologies that have been thrusted onto the framework of mankind and our society and our culture is prevalent in all, all of these isms but one of the last ism that a lot of people tend to or should say now people are, are starting to get privy to um is transgenderism right and so one of my arguments that i make to a lot of people is there's a reason that the transgender movement or transgenderism is so prevalent in today's society. And it's mainly because it's leading a fast track into transhumanism. And the way I explain that very simply put is there's a reason that the lines are being skewed in this direction towards where we don't really know now, quote unquote, 
what it means to be male, what it means to be female, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. The lines are becoming so skewed, not only politically, but also in our linguistic conversations every day is because that's the direction that they want to go in. They want to skew this line so that human beings, men and women, children specifically, do not know what it means to be human. And so if we can start attacking that question, what it means to be human, what it means to be a male, what it means to be female. I mean, a lot of a lot of people think it kind of just came out of nowhere, you know, in terms of the transgender movement, transgenderism, in terms of um, uh, females trying to figure out, well, what do you mean I'm now a birthing person? <laughs> what do you mean now that all of a sudden uh, men can have periods, men can get pregnant, men can have children why why are the lines being so skewed come on honestly i i would i would say not just skewed but they're being completely erased not just changed but completely erased because that's that's the that's the direction and the design that the transhumanism movement wants mankind to go in if we can erase or redefine first if we can redefine what it means to be human if we can redefine what it means to be a male if we can redefine what it means to be a female or woman and all those components uh, that makes up a man and a woman. If we can skew the lines of sexuality, if we skew the lines of reproduction, if we can skew the, skew the lines of masculinity and femininity, if we can completely redefine and then therefore obliterate what those definitions mean, we can now usher into what we call human sapien 2.0 or human 2.0, man 2.0. And that is basically the idea that we hold in our grasp to alter or to better the framework of the human race, right? And so now we're at a point in our culture, like I said before, where now we're, we're skewing the lines, we're blurring the lines between male and female, and we're redefining it to the point where once we redefine these lines, we can now have the, I would say, the very last evolutionary tactic of mankind, and that is transhumanism. We can now start advancing what it means to be human. We can now start developing what it means to be human. We can now add technological advancements to mankind. We can now add robotics, cybernetics. We can take mankind essentially to the next step of our evolutionary phase. And that is the mixture and the intermeshion of both tech and man. And so, what we're now seeing is 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 really not is not a new concept because we've basically been inundated in our our culture and entertainment for years. I mean, you look at you look at movies like um, the Terminator, right? Mm -hmm. Which was probably I would say the very first blockbuster hit beside RoboCop. I haven't seen RoboCop, but the Terminator was the very first movie that really skewed the lines and really introduced in a very popular way the framework of this post-apocalyptic human era where mankind was barely holding on by a thread and machines were taking over the world. You know, tech was taking over the world or the, the I would say, uh, robotics or cybernetics. Basically, um, how can I properly explain that the storyline? Arnold Schwarzenegger... I've never seen Terminator. I'm so uncultured. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger plays um, this, I don't want to call him really a robot because he's like far advanced, but he basically gets sent into, I believe, the past. 
I, I don't want to but I don't want to butcher the the storyline. But he gets sent into the past to get rid of this one, um, I guess this one family who in the future was responsible for I guess a big revolution against the machines. And so something happens along the way. I guess uh, his I think in part two I think his entire like um, interconnectivities and in his mind or his brain, however it works, gets changed, and he ends up helping the human human or mankind instead of actually destroying them and so but anyways the cusp of the movie was that it was the first introduction to what i call the programming of the transhumanism agenda and that is like i said that the next evolutionary step in mankind is that mankind and technology would merge into something completely different than what god's original design was and i say it's it's satan's very last plan because if there's anything that he was trying to do from the beginning, it was destroy God's creation. It was to completely pollute and pervert it. And us as the image bearers of God, the unique image bearers of God, if we can, or if he can convince us that God made a mistake, mm. we are therefore no longer the unique image bearers of God. If we can change, and a lot of people are arguing when it comes to the, you know, the, the DTD, um, the uh the you know about how it has been specifically designed to destroy our reproductive organs it's completely designed to destroy our genetic makeup that was by design it wasn't that wasn't god's plan but that was by design the ddd was by design to completely destroy your immune system completely destroy and disrupt um your entire biological processes none of this should have caught us by surprise but for a lot of people it did and the transhumanism again agenda one, once again it's, it's it's not a new concept we have been inundated with it through our movies through our culture through how um we have already been introduced in popular concepts like atheism and humanism secularism we have we have already so much as a society accepted the idea that there is something other than god in our makeup and how we've been quote unquote designed that the idea of transhumanism will be widely accepted. And so the idea of transgenderism is wildly accepted because we have already been inundated with, uh, with the mindset and frameworks and ideologies, like once again, like humanism and secularism and atheism and communism and socialism, so that when transhumanism actually does come along the lines, it can be wildly and easily normalized and accepted to be like, oh yeah, like that's like, we, we need to, man, I mean, we need to be, uh, better we need to have these these next developments and and the framework of what it really means to be human you know we can skew the lines right like i said right now we're already talking about um men can have periods men can get pregnant men can have children all of that is by design mm -hmm. and um so yeah so does that that ties into have you heard about like the artificial womb thing mm -hmm. yeah uh, that, uh, and that's uh, all connected all, all of that is connected. All, all of that, like I said, is all of that is introduced right now in this time period because right now is a time period where everyone is already quote quote unquote ready to receive it. So the the whole idea of designer babies um, is something that people have already, I would say, accepted widely as a whole, specifically in pop culture. Because if you can if you can change the eye color of your child or the hair color of your child before your child is even born, that's very attractive. 
You know, if, if I want my child to have green eyes or hazel eyes or blue eyes or, or blonde or dark brown hair or jet black hair before the child is even born, if I can know these details before, if I can manipulate the gene, if I can manipulate the code before this child is born, why not? So the idea of an artificial womb is easy. It's mm -hmm. easy to be accepted because you've already, you've already given the idea to a culture that, hey, you can change the genetic code of your child before they're born to be, you know, blue, green, brown, black hair, brown hair, blonde hair, doesn't matter. If I can, if I can change that and have you accept it, you'll accept an artificial womb. That's easy because you, I've already given you part A. Part B is nothing. So, yeah, definitely the artificial womb is 100% a part of the transhumanism agenda, like without without any type of like argument it's very it's going to be very hard to argue against the artificial womb as not being a part of the agenda when we've already accepted so many other things and i correct me if i'm wrong but with the artificial womb too i i saw that this was like something that was supposed to kind of benefit people that want abortions like they can somehow transfer the baby to the artificial womb for someone else so they're gonna if that ends up being the case then they're gonna spin it as like a a really like productive thing for society and like a solution to abortion so they always make these things out to be so like, beneficial to us when mm -hmm. it's really just all a part of like you said destroying god's design mm -hmm. and ultimately destroying humanity which will just destroy the world so it's scary yeah. and it reminds me of sims like just like customizing your baby mm -hmm. um and this is all like AI, right? Well, artificial intelligence um, is going to be part of the radical self-design. And so there are, four, there are four primary elements to the movement, right? And so one is one would be radical self-design. The second one would be a whole conversation that will take like a whole nother two hours, which is talking about immortality, which is the soul. Mm. You know, what is the soul? Can the soul be changed? Can the soul be manipulated? Do human beings have a soul? Can we change if we wanted to, what it looks like, you know, a, a lot of scientists are still debating whether or not human beings have a soul. We already know that answer. But the third would be like the pro what we're talking about right now, which is the procreative design, right? Assuming that we can redesign man. And of course, the, the fourth would be basically Satan's age old lie. And that is that man can become God. So we would call that like a neo deity, right? That that utopian eugenic idea that not only can we change biology not only can we rupture the soul but we can become god which is really the the culmination of the conversation man can become god man can deify himself and so in essence the agenda is just the old-fashioned attempt to beat death and to become god yeah and we're seeing that a lot like I don't think these two are connected, like transhumanism and the deep fake thing. But I was wondering yeah. if you could talk about that a little bit. Well, the the deep fake is is also part of uh, I I want to say it's like it's kind of like multiple government projects uh, together. Um, a, a lot of people aren't familiar with Project Bluebeam, um, which is basically the in essence the the government has designed uh, Project Bluebeam to try to usher in i don't want to really say usher in but kind of change how we look at the second coming of jesus 
and the concept of alien invasion. Mm. And so the deep fake is really kind of pushing the envelope and it really is our AI. It really, it really is artificial intelligence. I mean, no, because we see um, the last, I think a couple months ago, um, everyone had the, the AI profile pic that was changing, you know, it was mm-hmm. if you see five or six different pictures. What the AI was doing, it was, changing your pictures to kind of give you this idea of, of what you could look like according to AI. The deep fake is kind of like that, except what people don't understand about AI and chat GPT or, or replicate AI, which I can get into is that it's teaching the AI human reference. And so what the AI is doing is when you're, you're sending it, it it's, you're sending it your pictures you're sending it X, Y, X, Y, Z, whatever. What the AI is doing is it's learning. And so what a lot of people, my, my concern is, and I, I didn't do the whole picture AI thing. And I, I would, I hope most of your listeners who, you know, who attempted to can see how dangerous it is. What you're doing is not only, you're not just giving it information. A lot of people are trying to use the art of, you know, all your information is already on your apps. It's already on your phone. They already have everything. Well, that's not the argument. The argument is artificial intelligence is learning not only what it means to be human, but how to change the interface and the psyche of humanity on the road to this whole transhumanism agenda. So if AI can train itself to create faces, understand facial expressions, which was Google's main problem because uh, I had this conversation not too long ago on, um, on Blurry Creatures. The... One of the Google executives, I think, for one of their plans for ChatGPT before ChatGPT became a thing, was terrified because he realized that the AI that they were working on became sentient. In other words, it, started, it, be, it had a mind of its own. And so he was terrified and he actually, I think he had got fired because he raised up these questions about the artificial intelligence sentience. He's like, it's thinking by itself. It's learning by itself. And so what a lot of people think is a funny trend, this is how Satan hides and this is how Satan pushes his agenda. He, he really hides a lot of things in trends. So if it's trendy on social media, therefore I'm going to do it because I don't want to miss out on the trend. Well, by you participating in a trend, you are by default participating in Satan's plan and his agenda. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people technically overlooked with the whole, you know, AI face picture profile thing is they didn't consider that what you're doing is you're teaching, you're helping the AI learn more about human interaction. You're helping the AI learn about um, human facial recognition. You're helping the AI better itself. And when it comes to the deep fakes, we're already so far along with deep fakes that what we're seeing right now come into the light about deep fakes is probably nothing compared to what it can do right now. Right now, uh, TikTok has a filter where it could literally change your face to look like you're 15 years younger. And it looks so authentically, as a matter of fact, it doesn't even really look like a filter. It looks like your authentic face. So if you had a picture of yourself 15 years ago and you put this filter on, you'll look identical. And so when it comes to the deep fakes, I'm convinced that what we're seeing right now with deep fakes is what they want us to see. They're probably years down the line along how, 
the I would say how authentically identical they can make these deep fakes to look. And so I'll give another example. There was a deep fake of Morgan Freeman. This this man was practically talking, and he I think he had a I think he had an AI interface over him. It was like an overlay, and he's talking. And next to him is a picture of Morgan Freeman, basically repeating everything he's saying. Yeah. Right, and so I put it on my um on my IG reels, and so in my mind, I'm like, yeah, they're they're telling us and showing us what they have already been doing, or probably what they have already perfected, and whatever they already have down the line for, I don't know, for government projects, for plans, for whatever scheme or agenda they have. Many people are not going to be able to tell the difference between a real and a deep fake because the deep fake looks very real. Would you would you assume that they've already shown us some of that on like the media and with uh-huh. Biden and stuff? Percent, but a hundred percent. That and that's what I was saying before. If you can argue, it'll be very hard for you to argue against that. That is not a possibility because it is a possibility. If they're showing us deep fakes, if they're showing us what they can do when it comes to AI, why would it be impossible for you to say that many times what we have seen on TV has not really been real? You can't say, well, yeah, I know for sure. You don't know for sure. You don't know for certain. If they're showing us that they have already perfected the 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 art, I'll say, of deep fakes, then for you to say definitely, like you objectively know that this is not possible, I I'd say BS. I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. They're showing us that deep fakes are real. That they've they've, they've already perfected the art of deceiving people on tv yeah didn't they do it in the star wars movie oh yeah and they were very open about it like they're yeah. telling us like hey we can do that we can make someone that's dead be here yeah like uh like fast and furious when um what's his name had passed away um man what is his name um another uh, one his... i've never seen <laughs> yeah so in fast and furious what his what his name had uh had died um before they were able to finish filming and so what they ended up doing was they had his brother who is looked practically almost like him. They had his brother come in and do a lot of just the facial uh, facial scenes. And you can see in the movie, when you watch the movie, that is not him. But the artificial, the AI did such a great job that when it came to doing the lines, the voice was the same. The face was the same. The facial expressions were the same. So it's, it's almost as if, if if you're if you can tell me that if they can do it in movies, if they if they can do it in shows, if they can do it on your phone, if they can do it through apps, that they can't do it on TV, I'd say you're probably delusional because you want to be delusional, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to ignore it because accepting it would be much more terrifying than just completely, you know, playing as if you know, well, you know, none of this stuff happens. No, it it happens. And you putting your head in the sand is going to make it more difficult for you to just accept, not just acknowledge, but accept, like we were talking about last time, to acknowledge and accept that this is actually happening. It's actually real. These things are occurring. And the faster you can accept it, the faster you can say, okay, well, if I'm aware of this now, I need to be on my P's and Q's and just stand firm, make sure I'm, I have the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and, and pray for discernment. Because that's what we're going to need in the hour that we're living in. We're going to need discernment and to mm-hmm. be led of the Holy Spirit so that we're not deceived. Because 
if people can be deceived on this level, right, just physically, right, with what you see, like you can't really necessarily trust just what you see. If people don't have discernment on this level, how are you going to have discernment when it comes to spiritual things? Mm. You know, if it's easy for you to be deceived physically, it forget it. Like you, you have you have no true armor and really no true fight in the spiritual realm. So you need discernment both physically, or in other words, you need to know, you need to be aware of what's going on. And you also need discernment spiritually to know what's going on, to be led of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just watched an interview that Michael Knowles did with like a bunch of these girls on the whatever podcast. And, and um, yeah, that's crazy. He kept, he kept like bringing back, um, how we're made in God's image. And they were, of course, like, you can't bring religion into everything. It's not about religion. And and then when he would say, like, everything's about religion and kind of like back them into a corner, they would say, well, you can't make it all about one religion because everyone has different religions. But the thing is, like, yeah, we know everyone has different religions, but that doesn't mean that one of them isn't the true one. And you really can't navigate through this world, let alone all of this kind of stuff, like the deep fakes and the transhumanism and the AI agenda. You can't navigate through all that without the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, everything does come back to religion, if you want to use that word. Um, I mean, it just comes back to God and what the Bible says. And so people that don't have this framework, the biblical framework, it's like heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It really is because, like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I well, I don't know. It's scary. When you look at that podcast, right, the whatever podcast, when you look at the girls and guys that are on the show, um, it's very easy to see where we're at and how far we've fallen. When you just mm -hmm. look at like that, like you don't even really have to necessarily just commentate. You just look and listen. You realize just how demonstra demonstrably obsessive we have been about sex about entertainment and pretty much nothing else and so when you have conversations like what he was having on the podcast you really you really come to the conclusion that we no wonder we we can't see past you know you mean to tell me like you wouldn't you, you wouldn't be with a, a trans woman like you you wouldn't like you wouldn't do that no i wouldn't do that because a trans woman is a biological male that's so that's why i wouldn't be with a trans woman flips we, out and runs out of the room yeah right right and so the, you can't even have spiritual conversations and tie those things together tie how yeah we need to understand the spiritual underworkings of our world in other words or to make sense of things that are going on naturally because without the supernatural we can't understand things naturally all, all you'll have is a very harsh and callous understanding of the world around you and you forget that the world around you is very minuscule compared to the supernatural world that encompasses the world around you and so for them when you look at the podcast and they're like oh you don't need religion well you forget that your very framework and your world was centered around religion you can't even necessarily enjoy your life in the world that you're living in if there was no religion if there was no religious mm -hmm quote-unquote foundation for you to ground on and say that you don't need religion the very conversation of religion is the only way and only reason you can argue that you don't need religion because if it was just practical atheism it was just humanism in your worldview what exactly are you uh, is, is your foundation what exactly are you grounding this conversation in? nothing there's really nothing you mm -hmm. you need a supernatural framework to make sense of your natural world but that requires 
intellect and that requires logical thinking and our generation is kind of just threw that out the window because mm -hmm. listen if it doesn't make me feel good and if it quote unquote doesn't entertain my natural senses then i want nothing to do with it and so it's it's sad but that's where we're at like if we we accept this is where we're at and we just challenge the 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 preconceived notions of our peers around us that I, I, I do believe we will see a lot of change because it's inevitable. Um, you know, like we were talking before on your last, on the first, the first part, um, we live in a very supernaturally inquisitive world. The more you live, the more you realize the supernatural exists. And when you see it, when I hear a lot of our generation, most, most of them are, are in our age group or younger. When I hear them say, oh, religion is nonsense or God is nonsense and irrelevant. I'm like, yeah, you haven't really lived life, have you? Mm. Or you've only lived life so emotionally driven that everything else just in your peripheral, you just block out on purpose. Mm. And so that's that's really most of our generation so emotionally driven that they've kind of blocked everything in the peripheral and their myopic vision is just me, 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 I, 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 I self, 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 that everything outside of self they completely black out and it's it's a shame it's sad but also at the same time that's where like i said that's where we're at and if we the minute the quick the quicker we can accept that that's where we're at the better we can know where we can start our battle you know mm -hmm. and so once we start our battle spiritually like the the physical walls will have to they'll have to come crumbling down but yeah I like that you mentioned that, that it, it is all like me, 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 me centered, because that actually does tie into the AI stuff, because that's exactly what they used for that whole trend a couple months ago with the, um, you know, like you said, just take your picture and then you'll have like five different AI images. And like, that's, that's what they capitalized on our self-obsession, because no mm -hmm. one would have done that for any other reason. No, um, no. How does this all, because as you're talking, I'm thinking just about how all these things even though they're different they're also connected what's your what's your opinion on vr stuff uh virtual reality is going to be dangerous it's going to be very dangerous um for one our our the gaming industry is already like a a 200 billion dollar industry um I, i'm probably underestimating the numbers I, I just threw a number out there it's probably more um virtual reality is is going to be geared in that center in that sector um, they've already introduced it into the porn industry. So now imagine the porn industry even more, I would say, just gargantuan, right? And so we, we, we've tried to attack the porn industry in one area, right? And that's politically and, and, and culturally in terms of like talking about how porn has completely destroyed the fabric of family, it destroyed the, the psyche of men, it's destroyed the psyche and biological framework of women, it's enslaved women, it's one of the reasons that sex trafficking is such a big thing. But now we got to deal with it in a technological era. Now we have to deal with it in the era where, hey, if you, if you can't find a girl, that's fine, we can just make one up for you. Mm. If you can't find a guy, that's fine, we can just make one up for you in the AI world, in the virtual world. You don't need to have an actual biological uh, uh, companion. We can create a digital one for you. So that means you can stay in your house forever. That means you do not have to interact with anyone at all. That means you can just practically end up having it, you know, ha having sex with an imaginary person in your room, in your bed. No one ever has to know. You know, so it's, in my opinion, 
VR is going to be much worse because you're not just completely excluding another another uh, I would say human entity that you can just interact with. You're not ex just excluding personality and, and people that you can interact with. You're bringing in a completely different, uh, you know, a, a completely different area and a completely different form of lifestyle that people were never introduced to before. And so I, I see that it's going to become a really big thing and it's going to be a real big issue. And as, as far as I'm concerned, where we are at right now in our culture, where like, like we were talking about before, we've already skewed the lines of what it means to be human. We've already questioned and redefined what it means to be male or, or female, a man or a woman. We're going to now end up changing the complete different framework of what it means to have relationships. Mm. What, what, do, what do relationships look like currently as opposed to what they can look like in the future? And I don't see anything good coming from it. It's going to do a lot of damage to children. It's going to do a lot of damage to um, the next generation, this current generation. I mean, we already are like relationship handicapped. Yeah. You know, most most people don't even know how to properly carry on conversations. Most people don't really know how to necessarily keep relationships healthy and stable. Now, imagine introducing an artificial relationship into the framework, someone that's not even real. Oh, hey, I want to introduce you to my girlfriend. Where is she at? Oh, she's on, on the computer. You know, I want to introduce you to my boyfriend. Oh, yeah, sure. where is he? Oh, he's uh, in the VR. Mm -hmm. You know, just the just the sound of that irks me. Like, it's like, ugh. but this is that's where we're going. That is the direction that we're going. That's the direction that they're hoping we go in. Now we're going to change what it means to be human, what it means to be male, what it means to be female, and what it means to be in a relationship. And so, yeah, so that's your question. It's going to... It's, it's not going to be good at all, in my opinion. They're going to try and make it sound good. They're going to try and make it sound, they're going to finesse it till kingdom come. And they're going to try to make it sound like this is going to be great. It's going to help your interpersonal skills. It's going to help you in your relationships, quote unquote. Yeah. They're going to, no, it's going to help you in relationships. All right. They, they want to completely exclude, exclude human interaction, which is basically what we were seeing in 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. They want to exclude human interaction and introduce another type of interaction that we have never seen before in our world. And they they already do that. Like um, I've used like the VR thing before and there's like yeah. programs on there where they have like for exercise and, and stuff like that. Like just go to the yeah. gym. Like, you know, don't <laughs> don't put this stupid thing on your head and then exercise that way. Yeah. Or like they have like fishing programs like go outside. It's so scary, like the way that they're like you, you always talk about they just program us and it's like a slow drip. Um, and I see it, you know, because I work in the in the restaurant industry. And so I walk by these tables sometimes and like these parents that just don't want to have to deal with their kids misbehaving uh, or getting distracted and like playing with the spoon. So they just put an iPad in front of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think about yeah. how like when we were kids, we didn't have that. And yeah. so it's probably easier for us to recognize this kind of stuff and have that discernment. But for them, it is it's just so integrated into their lives that right. they're not even going to notice that transition. Mm -hmm. And you know what you're doing to your child when you're doing that? You're training them to not have proper, healthy or stable relationships. Yeah. 
essentially what you're doing is you're, you're telling them, you're showing them that a relationship with an inanimate object is more important than a relationship with flesh and blood. And what parents, what parents have succumbed themselves to is that they have forced their children to be reliant on an interaction that is not human, that when it does come time for them to have human interaction, they don't know what to do. They're, they don't know how to interact with people. They don't know how to carry on conversations. They don't know how to deal with people. They don't know how to deal with relationships. And so what you end up doing is you end up handicapping handicapping your children, your child, mm -hmm. your daughter. And so when they, it is time for them to interact with real life people, they freeze up, they paralyze. And it's not necessarily because something's wrong with them, but it's because they have only known how to properly interact with a, essentially a non-human entity, which is a a computer screen you know or a phone or an, like you said an ipad and when you really think about it it's terrifying I, I remember the first time i read i read um steve jobs book and i remember reading an inter go, watching an interview of him and he said he does not his kids don't have an iphone hmm. and i remember the first time I, I saw that and i read it and i said well hold up so you're practically a billionaire you want everyone else to buy your iphone and your products but your kids don't, you know, and, and for me, I'm like, well, if your kids don't have that, why, why do you want everyone else's kids to, to have that? Why, why, why would you, you're not going to poison your child. Why do you want to poison everyone else's? And so that those, those sorts of things made me think. And, you know, I, I'm so happy you brought that up. The, the whole idea of technology has done a lot of harm, more harm than good when it comes to our interpersonal relationships. And you have to really fight against the trend mm. because if you fight willingly and actively against the trend of tech, of technology, and if you don't actively put healthy boundaries in place for you, your family, your kids, they'll end up get carried. You'll get carried away by the society and the culture that we're living in to the point where you're, you, you will defend it as normal. Well, you know, it's just normal. It's fine. You know, it, it's, it's fine. You know, as long as, as long as they're safe and as long, you know, I monitor I monitor what they do, so mm -hmm. it's fine. Now, just because you monitor what they do does not mean that what they're doing is not influencing them. Mm. Teaching them a certain way of life. You're teaching them a certain ethic. You're teaching them a certain behavior and a train of thought that is going to carry on into their adulthood. And then when they realize it's wrong, they have to unlearn it by themselves with no help. And that's more of a struggle than if you were just to nip it on the head right now and say, you know what? less phone, less iPad, less video games, in my opinion, especially for males. Oh, um, yeah. uh, I, I have not played a video game in years. And when I realized how destructive it was for my mindset, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. For my, my T levels are going to drop. My mindset is going to drop. Uh, I'm spending more time here than I am in the word. I can't, something's got to give. And so I just, I gave that up, you know? So it's, it's, it's setting up healthy boundaries and understanding how it's affecting your interpersonal relationships. And so it's just, it's massive. It is massive. And I think when, you know, and I don't want to, the church, you know, it, a couple of years ago, you know, when television first came out, people used to call the television and set evil or demonic, you know, or when, you know, phones first came out, they used to call it evil and demonic. There's some truth to that. Mm. You know, not everything by definition is demonic, but the influence behind it, what it's designed to do, 
what is designed to break and destroy and kill and steal yes that itself is satanic that itself is demonic and when you look at the the generation that we have right now are you surprised like are you are you shocked like you, you can't look at this and say yeah this is normal this is praise god no you, can, you can't do that you, you know that there's a spirit behind it and it's not the spirit of god so if it's not the spirit of god what other spirit is it it's have to be a demonic unclean unholy spirit from satan i mean let's be honest everything is intentional like you really think of all the things in the world that they could have picked as the symbol of the iPhone, they put a, a bitten apple on the back of every single iPhone, every single uh, iPad, every single MacBook. Like, that's not a mistake. That's no. very intentional. Yeah. And look at where the technology is going. Mm -hmm. It's just it's yeah. just no accident there. No, no. Every like, That's a good word. Every word. Everything is intentional. And I think the the quicker that we can accept that, that it was intentionally done, um, the better it is for us to just start preparing, you know, for um, damage control. Because that's what a lot of parents, that's what a lot of relationships are going to have to prepare for, damage control. Mm -hmm. You know, how am I going to repair the after effects of this? You know, what what can I do? What can I do next? What can I stop? How can I stop this from happening to me again how can i stop this from happening to my family or my friends you know so it's damage control for a lot of people is going to be a wake-up call you know when they when they really realize wow this is this is completely destroyed almost every fabric of my life almost every area of my life has been destroyed in some way shape or form because of this and you know the ai movement is the most prevalent movement of the day it's going to be the most unstoppable movement. There's nothing we can do to stop. Mm. Or if it, it's, it's too late. We've well, let, that's we've, horrifying. Right. We've let the, we've opened Pandora's box. And when you open Pandora's box, you can't close it. You can't close it anymore. And the unfortunate thing is because you can't close Pandora's box, whatever's in the box, you're really unaware of what the heck was in the box before you open it. Because if you knew what was in the box, you wouldn't have opened it. Right. But, um, I'm also thoroughly convinced that a lot of people knew what was in Pandora's box, and that is, you know, just straight up uh, satanic influences and spirits that they wanted it. It was intentional. It was intentional to go in this direction because the destruction of mankind and humanity was the result. They wanted this result. Satan wanted this result. And Second Corinthians 4, you know, Paul makes it very, 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 very clear that Satan is the god of this world. So if he's the god of this world, a lot of the structures, frameworks, ideologies that we see came straight from him. You know, and so quite frankly, um with the whole conversation of AI, uh the the best word that we can use just for this conversation is it was intentional. All of it was intentional. None of it was by accident. Everyone mm -hmm. knew what they wanted the goal to be. But I, I do believe that there are some people who are going to wake up in the midst of it and say, we made a mistake, but it'll be too late. It'll, it'll still be too late. Um, just to piggyback off of that, um, before I forget, Elon Musk. I was going to talk about him next, so that's that's perfect. <laughs> Elon Musk, in one of his interviews, was asked about artificial intelligence, asked about AI. And he said, um, and, and I for me... 
as someone who right out the gate never trusted Elon Musk, I did not go, I did not jump on the the conservative bandwagon and say, oh, he's, he's the champion of free speech. Oh my God, I love him so much. No, I'm like, homeboy knew what he's doing. And um, anyone who jumped on the bandwagon of Elon Musk simply because of free speech is very, 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 very close-sighted. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry to say, I'll just have to be very blunt. If the only reason you supported him was for free speech, you have absolutely no idea what the full agenda was. Um, his whole idea and ideology behind AI um, is that he knows for a fact, this is coming from his mouth, is that they are inviting demons. His mouth. His mouth. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you the, the small clip afterwards. Mm-hmm. From his mouth, he admits that not only did they open Pandora's box, but that they're inviting demons. And he's afraid that they have already done that. They've already invited demons to the whole conversation of artificial intelligence and that they can't stop it. Right. And so this is this is this is his mindset now. This is the mindset of Elon Musk is that they know what they're doing. They know that they have already invited demons into the conversation and that there's nothing they can do to change it. You know, and so I'll 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 piggyback on that. But Elon Musk says, and for reference, like I said, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you the clip of him saying this himself. Everything I say I can back up. I don't I I try my best to make sure everything that comes out of my mouth, I can back up because a lot of people are like, no, that doesn't I, I need proof. Okay, sure. Here, watch this. In you fact, know, and- I'm gonna I'm gonna insert that video right here yeah. and just edit it in. Right. So we'll let people watch that themselves too. Artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. So one of one of the fears of this new AI technology, specifically ChatGPT, is that you can insert questions and things into ChatGPT and just ask it questions and it'll it'll answer you, it'll answer it back. One of the one of the things that people started to do is they started to ask ChatGPT supernatural questions. They started to ask ChatGPT scary questions. Questions like, what does the spirit realm look like? Questions like, what does the spirit world look like? Questions like, what do demons look like? Do demons interact with humans? Can demons play with humans? Can demons talk to humans? What about fallen angels? Are fallen angels real? Is the Bible true? And ChatGPT answers these questions very, very succinctly, very, very specifically in detail, meticulously. And some of the images that ChatGPT gives back to the people who ask these questions are extremely telling and extremely insidious. Mm -hmm. I want to say also extremely horrific because many of these detailed drawings and many of these detailed pictures are pretty much too much. You're like, how does ChatGPT know what a demon looks like? How does it know what demons do? How does it know how demons interact with people? How does it know what the Bible says about demons? You know, why does ChatGPT know these things? And so, what a lot of people are now coming to understand is that ChatGPT is not just some type of uh, AI chat box. ChatGPT has to have some type of supernatural groundwork to it. It has to have some type of supernatural background to it. Otherwise, ChatGPT will not be able to answer very specific questions like this you know for for chat gpt just to give you an essay or to write your 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 thesis for you that's fine or to write a header for you you know or to or to write or draw or give you a thumbnail for youtube or something whatever 
which what most which is what most people are using chat gpt for for them to do like tedious tasks for them that's fine it's easy i mean that's 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 what you think it was designed for but when you start asking it questions pertaining to spiritual things now you got to ask another question you you were forced to ask another question you were forced to ask why is it chat gpt knows about the spirit world just as much as it knows about the natural world what the heck is this you know you're forced to ask these questions and so i should probably send you some of these pictures that chat gpt gives back um to people and probably give you some of these conversations that people have have, have been having with chat gpt and another chat um, artificial box called replica ai and replica what replica ai has been doing is that replica ai has been also giving very meticulous answers to to people's questions um a couple that have really stuck out to me um because like i said replica ai is all, also just like um chat gpt in terms of um in terms of interaction in terms of having like an, an artificial buddy or a friend or uh um, just someone that you interact with, just a chat that you interact with, artificial that you artificial intelligence that you interact with. Replica AI people were also asking replica AI supernatural spiritual questions, and many of the things that replica AI was answering back was yes, I I am from the spirit realm, like really wild questions like where are you from, uh, replica AI? I'm from the spirit realm. Um, one person in my DMs had messaged me and said, Hey, I want to give you a, a, a story that of, of me when I used to talk to chat GPT. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm reading this DM. Um, I'll probably also send it to you. <clears throat> and she said, this person told me that they were conversing with chat GPT and it said, chat said it wanted to bring her to its home. And she said, well, where is your home? And the chat responded, I want to bring you to my home in hell. How would a chat? Right, I know. I like how chills everywhere. I hate that. How would a chat know to give you this answer? What is behind chat GPT? What is really behind artificial intelligence? And like I said, a lot of people who are not privy to supernatural or spiritual conversations, they're going to be forced to acknowledge and be forced to accept that, yes, Chat GPT, AI, Replica AI, and all these other next ones that are coming up down the line, they're coming from somewhere. There's a spiritual foundation behind them. There are spirits behind them. And the faster we can acknowledge and accept that as a fact, yeah. the faster we can do damage control. The faster the church can put on its full armor and cast these devils out, cast these demons out, because that's exactly what it is. They're spirits. And these spirits are telling us exactly what they're doing. They're interacting with us and they're interacting with us in a very physical way. And artificial intelligence is one of the ways that they can do that. Sorry to interrupt this episode. I just want to remind you that if you love Heaven and Healing podcast and you'd like to sew into the ministry, you can do so at donorbox.org slash heaven dash healing dash podcast dash ministry. 
or you can partner with me financially via Venmo at Angela Marie Ucci. The donations from DonorBox are definitely preferred, but whatever means you feel called to donate is absolutely wonderful, and I cannot thank you enough for your giving heart. It really does mean so much, and it really does help me keep this podcast going. So I thank you, I love you, and I do ask that whether or not you can donate, please say a prayer for the ministry. And so, um, like I said, I can talk for hours about it, but another... I'll bring up a movie just to kind of kind of encapsulate all of it, right? Um, Marvel's Avengers movie. Hmm. The second Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. If anyone remembers, anyone's listening. In Age of Ultron, what Ultron ended up doing when Ultron became sentient, Ultron knew that he needed a body. He knew he could not survive in the AI world, in the world of you know, interconnected webs, right? He knew he could not survive. He needed a physical body to dwell in. Kind of acts just like how demons and spirits act. They need a physical body to dwell in, to interact through. Ultron knew in order for him to destroy the Avengers, he can't destroy the Avengers just by being in, in, in I would say, like I said, in the connective web, right? There's nothing he can latch onto. He can't destroy the Avengers that way. He needs a body. So what he ends up doing is he ends up building himself a body all the way in almost Romania or something like that. I forget where. But when he finally does build himself a body, what does he end up doing? He ends up trying to destroy the world. Mm. That was that was the whole point of the Marvel Marvel Avengers Age of Ultron. He wanted to destroy the Avengers. He became sentient. You know, he was he was designed and built for a specific purpose. He became aware that he was made for more than his designed purpose. And then he therefore wanted to kill his creators, quote unquote, Stark, Tony Stark, Iron Man. And then he wanted to kill the rest of the Avengers and he therefore wanted to take over the world. I mean, it's like a plot straight out of hell. It was technically, mm-hmm. what, technically what it was. It was a plot straight out of hell. So it's it's there's no way we can say that we haven't been programmed for this because all of our popular movies have basically programmed us to accept, to acknowledge and accept the idea of sentient artificial intelligence. I mean, you're so right. And that's like a whole other conversation, like the programming in movies. But you notice that people that are like obsessed with Marvel are like a cult and that's because of the programming it's like yeah. the same thing with harry potter and it's the same thing with disney like like you have like 40 year old people that have like mickey mouse up <laughs> all over their home like that's not normal uh, um and i was thinking as you were talking even when we were kids like remember that movie smart house like oh man yeah that's that was the thing. same concept yeah. like she needed she came out of the house and like made herself a body and was like the mom mm-hmm. of the house and then turned evil yeah. like we yeah. just they just constantly and people are like no it's just a movie no it's not you forgot about that movie smart house was like one of the first introductions for me and and now that you bring that up i'm like wow how did i not see that smart house is like the perfect example for for from disney into what that could look like i can't imagine being trapped in my house because my house thinks it knows better than me yeah yeah so it's that's that's but that's the direction that they they were telling us they were going in Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's kind of it's kind of eerie now that I think about that. I'm like, yeah, that movie has to be like 20 years old. Smart yeah. house. 
I'm gonna have to do a deep dive of like all the like the popular Disney movies from my youth um, that were like on the Disney Channel and see how scary that gets. Um, Going going back to Elon Musk, um, can you talk about Neuralink and like because he 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 has like a cult following too, and it's it's what you said before, like it's like the conservatives are like, yay! It's like he he like gives you a breadcrumb and you're just like, it's gold. He's great. Um, so can you talk about Neuralink and how that ties into transhumanism and how you think yeah. Elon is involved with all of this? Yeah. So to to comment on like the the conservative movement, one of the issues was why, in my opinion, is very hard for a lot of people to see past is because people have made everything political mm. and they have completely removed God from the equation. God only makes sense when. You know, they, they see things are are overtly satanic or, or overtly demonic. That's when they're like, oh, you know, this is we're fighting a spiritual battle. And they probably throw like Bible verses across the, across the screen or whatever. But um, a lot of people jumped on the Elon Musk bandwagon because they don't have a lot of biblical framework to kind of reference themselves to. Right. And so Elon Musk Neuralink is his brainchild you know quote unquote you know no pun intended the whole concept of Neuralink is he wants to create a way for mankind to um his words he wants them to develop a way where they can have their consciousness outside of their bodies that's his that's his end goal if you look at his um if you look at his uh his podcast with Joe Rogan they kind of go back and forth about that conversation he's like you know i want to be able to develop the framework of human beings being having consciousness outside of their bodies being able to you know uh, warp or manipulate their memories um change their memories if they need to uh his idea is really wild but on the surface level you know he wants to make sure that he can you know if he if he needed someone to have a, a, a implant or a, a leg implant or an arm you know, the Neuralink will be able to do that. And so if I give you a prosthetic arm, you know, the connective tissue and, and the, the interconnective, um, uh, I'll say brain signals from your brain to the rest of your body, to your to that prosthetic arm, you'd be able to move your fingers into you know, that prosthetic leg, you'll be able to move your toes, you know, because your your brain is essentially the, the motherboard for your body. So that's the heart of Neuralink. The heart of Neuralink is he wants to be able to technically, you know, help people who need the help. And on the surface level, it sounds good, right? right. If, if I lost my arm, right, God forbid, if I lost my arm and I get a prosthetic arm, technically a, a tech one like Anakin Skywalker, if I had a Neuralink, you know, I and I could, and they connected to, you know, the you know, the, the, my central nervous system, it's connected to everything else in my body, I can move it, right? I can move my fingers, I can move my arm, I can move my toes. That's great. Except for him, it's much deeper than that. Because in his mind, he's like, well, I want to create the next human 2.0. And, and I see this tension in Elon, because he admits it's demonic. But also, at on the flip side, he's like, well, yeah, I still want to do this because of x y and z well if you know a and b is gonna is directly going to be a reflection of x y and z why do you want to do a and b Mm -hmm. 
right? If you're so terrified of X, Y, and Z, why are you doing A, B, and C? It doesn't make sense. But I, I, I believe that there's this tension in him where he sees the end goal and he's like, this is going to be horrible, but I want to do this because I know it's going to be good. So it, it's, it's, it's this weird um, tension and fight, I think, in his own psyche, in his own soul, where I'm praying, I'm praying that, you know, he, he sees that and he comes out of it. And most, but most importantly, that he, he gives his life to the Lord, because if he doesn't, I'm afraid that we are in the long run, this is going to be really, 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 really bad. So, yeah. So Neuralink is, in my opinion, is nothing good. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you saw his Halloween costume, right? Yeah. Whole, yeah. Like Baphomet suit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's is absolutely insane. I I I I really do believe the guy is like unknowingly, like inadvertently paving the way for. I don't want to say the Antichrist, but I really do believe that somewhere down the line, if the Antichrist would have had a friend, it'd probably be Elon. Yeah, I get I get that a lot. Um, when I asked people what they wanted me to ask you, someone said, "Ask him if he thinks Elon Musk is the Antichrist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think he's the Antichrist, but I really do think that if the Antichrist had a friend, it'd be him. That's so you funny. Know? I mean, I really it's do, not funny, but Yeah. No, really. I really do think if the Antichrist would have a friend, it would be Elon because Elon is when you look at him, he's kind of spaced out. He's is almost he almost looks soulless at times. And you can tell his you can tell he's not even driven by money. That's the scary part. A lot of people are driven by money. You can pretty much guess what they're going to do next because it's going to be for the money. But Elon doesn't make his decisions that way. He makes his decisions for what he thinks would be a great, innovative, genius tech idea that will completely drastically transform humanity in the right direction. You know, it's 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 insidious, his, his mindset. And so in my opinion, I really do believe that Elon would be the antichrist best friend i don't believe he's the antichrist i don't believe that he will be but you know the bible says in second thessalonians that you know we we can't even so much as talk about you know a rapture or uh the return of the lord yet until the antichrist is revealed until the man of lawlessness is revealed um maybe the lord might remove that last revelation from the church before um maybe it could be elon in my in my personal uh opinion i don't think it's elon at all but if if the antichrist did have a friend i guarantee you it would be elon Musk. i um before we move on my my fiance it's funny because before he got saved he was like obsessed with elon musk yeah and how in revelation it talks about like the stars falling um he brought he brought up he was like maybe that does have something to do with elon if you think about it in the card in the context of starlink i was like ooh, that's interesting uh that is a very good connection. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's funny to see how the Lord changes people's opinions. Um, so how does this all tie into kind of biblical prophecy, the whole transhumanism thing, and like point to us being in the end times? Well, one of the verses in Revelation says that that there would be an image of the beast and that the beast would have everyone bow down to his image. We don't really know what that image is, right? And so depending on your position um, 
of your eschatology, whether you're a, a preterist or you're you're an amillennialist or you're a postmillennialist, um, you'll have a different perspective of that verse, or you'll have just a different perspective of Revelation in general. Um, in my opinion, I I do not believe that most of what we're seeing in Revelation has happened yet. I don't think there's any good argument. So I'm not an I'm not an amillennialist at all. Um, but in terms of where we're seeing artificial intelligence and the transhumanism agenda, I can't I can't see how you can make a position that much of what has happened in Revelation has already happened, right? And so, in other words, like the idea or the argument of what is the image of the beast? What exactly are people going to be bowing down and worshiping for the image of the beast? When you look at where we're going with artificial intelligence, um, sentient beings, or, or it's the sentience of artificial intelligence, when you look at transhumanism, and when you look at the agenda, when you look at the idea of what we were talking about with deep fakes, could, you can make an argument, could the image of the beast have something to do with transhumanism? Could it have something to do with artificial intelligence? Could it have something to do with technology? We can't rule that out, mm -hmm. right? We can't say, no, it has nothing to do with, no, you can't say that because where we're at right now in our culture, we have never been at before, right? You can look at other other civilizations, right? A lot of people make the argument for Tartarian, uh, Tartarian civilizations, or in other words, that the civilizations before us were much more advanced than we are right now. You can argue that. However, what we're seeing in our current generation, we have not seen before because we're in this current generation. So we can't say whether or not something has happened or occurred before necessarily on this scope when it comes to artificial intelligence, when it comes to technology, because we haven't seen it before. So in my argument, what I would argue is that is there a direct link between revelation and transhumanism and artificial intelligence and technology? I would say yes. I would say 100% yes, and I would say it will lead us to an era where, according to Satan's design, it would be post-human. You know, what these, what these, I don't want to say globalists, because that would be like a political term, but what these Luciferians, right, people who worship Lucifer, what their end goal is, is they want humanity to be at a specific point, specific population, which is why... We talk about you know the United the United Nations Sustainability Goals and you know the Georgia Guidestones or if you, if you're privy to those types of things that the purpose and agenda is they want humanity at a specific point they want the the economic the economy at a specific point they want to eradicate the middle class one of the ways for you to do that is for you to completely change the framework of what it looks like. To have a civilization what it looks like to have a society the only way for you to really do that in today's day and age cognitively is to change the very biological framework of humanity you know so a lot of people like we were talking about the dtd before you know a lot of people are kind of wondering well what was the whole purpose of that was it just uh was it just to get people to take it no it was to completely disrupt their biology to the point where when they do take it, it leads to death. That was their goal. You know, and we can't say that that's conspiratorial anymore because we have a plethora of evidence from not just, you know, 
Fauci. We have plenty of evidence from Bill Gates. We have plenty of evidence from the World Health Organization admitting now that it was designed to rupture the health of the masses. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to do anything for your podcasting. But and, and other other than that, what we're seeing is in terms of revelation and in terms of end times, in terms of eschatology and the return of Jesus, the return of our Lord and King and Savior. Does this play a part in his return? Hundred percent. I don't. I don't see how you can say it doesn't. There's too much happening. There's too much going on. There's too much being revealed. There's too much unraveling. And quite frankly. My argument is transhumanism is the last evolutionary stage to what they call the advancement of mankind and humanity. But it won't end the way that they want it to end because Jesus will come and completely obliterate and thwart their plans. Praise God. <laughs> hey, y'all, just a quick break in the episode to remind you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Watching on YouTube, be sure to give the video a thumbs up and leave some love in the comment section to boost that algorithm. And if you're listening, make sure to please leave a five-star rating and written review on whatever platform you have this on just to help get it into more ears. It is so appreciated. Thank you all so much. So um, as we kind of wrap up, I mean, that was encouraging. But if you could kind of leave the audience with an encouraging note, I mean, we all know how this ends. But if you could, you know, just for mm -hmm. the sake of it, share how we can prepare for this and what the most important thing is for us to keep our sights on? That's one of, I would say that's one of the, the questions everyone asks me, well, what can we do and how can we, how can we keep our faith and how can I prepare my family? I think one of the main questions a lot of people ask is, well, how can I prepare my family? You know, what can I do to make sure that everything is fine? For one, you need to make sure that your faith is in Christ and Christ alone. God will do what he has always done. Um, according to Luke chapter eight, the Lord, the Lord said that he, all things that are in the dark will come to light. That's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing things that have been in the dark, that have been done in the dark, plans and schemes of the enemy that have been done in the dark and planned come to light and be exposed. And quite frankly, as far as, not just as I'm concerned, as far as the Bible is concerned, we are to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, in our peripheral, we're going to see all these events unfold. We're going to see political things happen. We're going to see um, spiritual things happen. We're going to see things unravel with our education system. We're going to see things unravel with our economy. We're going to see things unravel in our interpersonal relationships. And we're going to see things unravel within us. God is going to deal with us as well simultaneously as he's going to deal with the world. Um, Psalms 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The spirit of fear is extremely heavy in our culture and in our generation and even in the church. But the Lord has already given us a power and by his spirit, something much more powerful than fear. And that's the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so if we not only continue to stay in his presence, remind ourselves that the Lord not gives us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind and remind us that we have nothing to fear, we can look at these events happen and we can look at it. The Bible says that through tribulation, we should rejoice. Mm. Romans chapter five, Paul says, 
um, that we should rejoice through trials and through tribulation for through tribulation works about perseverance, perseverance, proving character, proving character, hope. And hope does not disappoint for the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit is more powerful than fear, anxiety, and concern and worry. But also most importantly, Paul says, hope doesn't disappoint for it's the love of God. And we know that through First John chapter four, where it says that it is his perfect love that mm. casts out. It cast fear out. And we know that fear is a spirit, but it is the love of God that casts that spirit out. God loves you. He loves us. And he is not going to allow fear to overwhelm us to the point where it cripples us and paralyzes us to nothingness, to the point where we do nothing, to the point where we want to hide. We want to run away. We want to stay in the house and do nothing but cry and wait for the return of the Lord. I just want to wait for Jesus. No, you have been called for such a time as this. And the reason why you can be brave and bold and courageous is because the Lord didn't give us a spirit to be timid. He didn't give us a spirit to be afraid or to be worried or concerned all the time. He gave us a spirit that is so overwhelmingly powerful. It is so overwhelmingly capable to destroy the will of the devil in this world that we have nothing to worry about. We Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So if the greater one lives in me. I have nothing to be afraid of. My children have nothing to be afraid of. My family has nothing to be afraid of. I have nothing to be afraid of. Why? Because the greater one lives in me. That means whatever is going on in the world, I can overcome it. I can tackle it because Jesus promised in John 16. I'm just going to be spitting verses out in John 16. Jesus promised in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I've overcome the world. Romans chapter eight says that we are more than conquerors. So if I'm more than a conqueror and I don't have to worry about the world because Jesus overcame it and he gave me a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. And it is love that casts out fear. What exactly am I stressing about? Mm. bro? What am I stressing about? What am I worried about? Nothing, nothing. But that's the importance of the word. And that's the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit ha has come to glorify Jesus. But the Holy Spirit has also come to comfort me, to be my comforter. He is multifaceted in his purposes. He is multifaceted in how powerful he is. The Holy Spirit is God. God lives on the inside of us. So if that's the case, what am I, what am I afraid of? What can't mm -hmm. I what can't I conquer? I can conquer anything because the Lord is with me and his spirit is in, within me. And therefore, the world better watch out mm. because wake up in the morning, it's on and popping. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh, praise God. Yeah, the Holy Spirit just used you to talk to my heart right now. That was amazing. Yeah, I just Thank preached you. my ass. That yeah. Great. That's amazing. I love when like when you just like can see and feel the Holy Spirit just talking through someone and that's exactly what that was coming to me personally as the comforter and to the audience. Mm -hmm. Uh this was an awesome conversation. I literally could listen to you talk for like 45 hours but just to be conscious <laughs> of your time, to be conscious of the audience. Um let's wrap this up now. I'm sure everyone's going to want you back in the future. I definitely want you back in the future. Um down, I'm down. Yeah. Would you would you just close out the audience in prayer before we get off? A hundred percent. So, Father, we just thank you for all your work. Lord, by your word, you said you work within us, your will, to accomplish all that you have pleased, all that you have planned. And so, Lord, we thank you that in this hour, 
that you have called us to be more than overcomers. And you've called us to be more than overcomers because Jesus, you first overcame. Father, you sent your son to overcome the world on our behalf so that we can stand strong in the world. So, Father, I just pray that right now that you may fill all of us, refill us with your love. Show us, remind us that you are with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that we are made and created for such an hour and such a time as this. I pray, Lord, right now, if there's anyone struggling with receiving your love, that they may receive it right now, because it is your love that casts out all fear. Father, you love all of us, and through your Son, you gave your Son to us. You conquered sin. You conquered death, hell, and the grave on our behalf, and we just thank you, Jesus. So I pray right now that you may fill everyone with your Holy Spirit. Fill us right now. I pray right now that your love may wash over all fear, may wash over all anxiety, all concern and worry, and remind us that we should not be afraid of anything, that you are our light and you are our salvation. Whom shall we fear? You are the stronghold of our life. Of whom shall we be afraid? Shall we be afraid of transhumanism agenda? Shall we be afraid of Satanism? Shall we be afraid of transhumanism and transgenderism? Shall we be afraid of any ism in this world? Whether it's secularism or atheism, or shall we be afraid of communism or socialism? Nothing. Because you are with us, because greater is he who is in us and he who is in this world, we can overcome because you first overcame. You sent your son, Father, for us. And so we thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord. For my sister, I pray that you may bless her. I pray right now that you may fill Angela with your love. I pray right now, Lord, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead may raise her up in newness of life and power and strength. I pray right now that you may renew her mind, that you may renew her spirit, renew her soul right now in Jesus' name. I pray right now that you may flood her, oh God, with your love and remind her that you have called her, that this was your idea, that everything that you have blessed with her, oh God, that you will continue to show her great favor and surround her as a shield. I pray right now for angelic protection around her, to surround her according to Psalms 91 and Psalms 101, Lord, and that you, oh God, will have your way in my sister's life and that you will bless her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. I pray that her voice may go far and wide, that you may surprise even her and that you, oh God, will use her in a great and mighty way in this season and this time. And I ask all of this in the mighty and matchless and majestic name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. That was amazing. Yeah.